Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello again, welcome to the Not Gonna Lie podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Terry. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, on this fine Monday morning, or whenever you're listening, uh, if you like to listen in a little bit later. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got Graham and Liam, my guys from Student Union Sports, on. Uh, we give a little recap of week three in the NFL. I tell them about me being bullied uh, on TikTok. Uh, it's, a, it's a story you don't want to miss, um, and it's an all-around good episode. Great guys. Always happy to have them on, uh, but here we go. Let's do it. We now welcome on two very special guests, maybe some of the brightest minds the world has to offer. Uh, my, my guys, Liam and Graham. Fellas, thanks for coming on. I'm glad to be that here, was, JT. Thanks for having us on. Thank you, JT. That was the nicest thing probably anyone's ever said about us. Look, I'm coming off of that, that Jeff Perlman interview where he was just saying all that nice stuff. So it's like, I. I'm, you know what? I gotta, I gotta give it right back. I gotta give it back to the people around me. So, uh, spread the love, baby. Exactly. No, we have. Yeah, we I have watched a, that interview, and that's why I texted you a super nice compliment as well, because the niceness was flowing. So. Yeah, I, I and I appreciate that. It was, it that was great. It was just a all around love fest. Uh, but we have a we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Another great week, uh, in the NFL. Um, a lot of surprises, maybe a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I feel like everything went. How we thought it would. We'll start Sunday night football. Packers Saints. Packers are now three and zero, and Aaron Rodgers looks like at least the second most dangerous quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, but where I want to start is the other side of the ball. Drew Brees just does not want to throw the ball more than ten yards anymore, and I don't know what the issue is. Um, I know uh, Liam was on a podcast last week uh, where they're talking about Jameis and how he needs to get a whirl. Uh, and, and get a start. Graham, I'll start with you. Are the Saints' problems starting one and two? Can they really be put on Drew Brees, or is there somewhere else that you're looking? No, I think it's probably Drew Brees. I think we're starting to see a Peyton Manning regression type year with his last year at the Broncos. I think that when you start throwing ducks and you don't have the ability to, th- you know, to throw it accurately on a, you know, on a line 30 yards anymore, then your career kind of goes down the drain. Not, and it may be not as fast as Peyton. Peyton did win a Super Bowl his last year. Uh, thank the Lord for his defense. But I think Michael Thomas being out right now is showing, you know, people are like, oh, Michael Thomas only runs 10-yard routes. Like, maybe that's the only thing that Drew Brees and him can connect with right now. And Michael Thomas is looking like the best receiver in football because two games and the Saints don't have him. I mean, they, they're 0-2 without him. So... Yeah. Liam, what about you? I mean, is it, is Michael Thomas the thing? Cause I mean, Graham brought up a good point. They haven't had him the last two games or, or, or is it this? So yeah, a good slot receiver like that can make any quarterback just leagues better. Um, and yeah, I was involved with, with Patrick Norton bringing up uh, Jameis Winston, uh, give, giving him a shot at it uh, the other day. And you know, that's, that's a bit of an overreaction obviously. Uh, Cause the guy's done some awesome things and when you do start seeing that arm deteriorating, you kind of hope like it's a Peyton Manning situation where a team can carry 
can carry him to a playoff appearance and then um, let him make a run and let him kind of ride off into the sunset with a, a good year to be proud of. Um, but, you know, I hate to hate on Drew Brees because he's been there, done that. He can probably, even with uh, his limited arm right now, he has the uh, leadership ability to compete with a team like Aaron, with a team like the Packers when Aaron Rodgers is that hot. It's, um, it's a leadership quality that you can't quite replace. So got to give it to him there, but yeah, it's sad to see a legend start to uh, deteriorate like, like that. Yeah. And it's just a huge, I mean, it, the NFL show, what have you done for me lately? Like I know it'd be really hard to replace Drew Brees right now, but Jameis Winston, if we're being honest, is probably, we, we know he has a better arm. We know he has a better deep ball, but you basically are just limiting a game manager turnover guy mm-hmm. with a higher, a higher ceiling, lower floor. Drew Brees probably right in the middle, probably can win games. James Winston may be able to blow teams out the ball over four to five times a game. So it just, you know, you get stuck on, do you want a game manager or do you want a guy with a really high ceiling and a really low floor? Yeah. And, and I think we saw a similar situation and I don't know if the end result's going to be the same way, but you look at Kansas city with Alex Smith and, and Patrick Mahomes you got a, a game manager and you've got a guy who's really going to take a lot of chances. Uh, and I think the turnovers, that was a real thing for Mahomes. Uh, you know, you know, being the backup, they're like, well, can he control the ball? Can he limit turnovers? Um, but I mean, obviously it worked out for the chiefs and it's continuing to work out. So, uh, which is crazy to, to me that Patrick Mahomes, his MVP year through 12 interceptions and fumbled nine times. That's a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. In his MVP year. And last year, he didn't win MVP. He only threw five interceptions. I know it was Lamar's year yesterday. I mean, 21 turnovers and 16 regular season games is a ton of turnovers. Yeah. And I feel like that's you, – you can kind of get past that when you put up, like, the kind of numbers he does uh, in the positive. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, people really – don't talk about it because that was his biggest issue is like, all right, where's his decision-making at? And I think he's gotten a lot better at it. Just getting more comfortable and obviously having the the, the type of offense that he has with him. Uh, it, it is definitely makes it a little bit easier to make better decisions. Uh, but the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is playing fantastic. No Devontae Adams, no problem. Uh, I mean, he's just throwing the ball over the field. Jay Sternberger was having a game. Uh, Alan Lazard was having a game. It, it didn't matter who was, who he was thrown to. Uh, he was putting it all over the place. So, Graham, I'll start with you on this one again. Uh, I mean, this has really become there, – there are some playmakers around the ball on both sides, but this has really become Aaron Rodgers' team. Uh, how far can they realistically go if he continues to play at this level? I mean, I think it's the same every year. It's Aaron Rodgers is wide receiver proof. Now he has Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who are great backs. But I think it rests on their defense, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is never going to not be able to put up points unless he's playing the San Francisco 49ers in a championship game to get to the Super Bowl, as we saw last year. But most of the time, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have problems putting up points. We know what he can do with the football in his hands. I just rest on his defense. What can his defense do for him, right? We know what Aaron can put up. It's just if he can outscore people, they can win. And their defense has looked a lot better this year, but I just think it rests on the hands of his defense. We know, we know who Aaron Rodgers is. Probably the second leading candidate for MVP behind Russ right now. So – yeah, Liam, what about you? What, what, what's the Packers ceiling with Aaron Rodgers right yeah. now? Yeah, I think it's pretty high. I mean, I, and I'm 
notorious personality wise i hate aaron Rodgers. hate 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 him on instagram on social media on anything i see him on i don't think he's as funny as he thinks he is with that being said he's very he's, he's awesome and if russell wilson wasn't putting up the kind of numbers he is now i think he'd be like graham said probably a odds on favorite to be the mvp right now uh so again it's gonna stack or again like what graham said it's gonna depend on his defense but He's a gunslinger, so he's always going to be able to put up points no matter um, where it is. And then you know how he performs in primetime games. So where are they going to keep sticking him on? I do think that's a factor because he, he balls out when the cameras are on and everyone's watching. Um, does it translate to big games per se? Um, we know big situ- – we know like, you know, when it's under the lights it's happening. But um, I'd like to see him deeper in the season um, making some bigger plays and having bigger games. Yeah, right now Packers are averaging like 39 points a game uh, and they play the the Falcons next week. So you can only imagine as crazy as it sounds that the average is probably going to go up. Uh, But we alluded to it a little bit earlier. Let's talk about Seahawks-Cowboys. Another situation there, a a big shootout game came down to the wire. Um, There was one takeaway that I was very interested to see um, that kind of surprised me in the way that this game ended. So on Russell Wilson's game-winning touchdown drive, he, or game-winning touchdown throw, he had about five seconds, maybe more in the pocket, um, to throw that pass to, to DK Metcalf, um, which is crazy to me because you think about the Cowboys, they've got a really good defensive line. The Seahawks' offensive line, pretty poor. Uh, then transition to the other side of the ball, the last play of the game, uh, Seahawks rush three, and they get to him in two seconds, and Dak Prescott narrowly escapes, but then throws an interception. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that, that itself was a weird ending to the game because you think Cowboys offensive line, Cowboys defensive line, really good. Uh, and then the opposite for the Seahawks, but they, they were able to pull through when it counts. Um, I, I think I, I view Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Packers in the same light as Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, where it's like, Graham, kind of what you said, if they can outscore them, they're going to win. And they've had to do that in pretty much every game so far. Um, I mean, can we re- rely on the Seahawks defense at all to help give Russ some support? Liam, I'll start with you. Uh, they haven't thus far. So you got to hope he inspires them to do that because even with uh, the Patriots the week before and this game, he hasn't, he hasn't been able to give anyone else a shot because he's had to go score for score with pretty much everyone. Um, And when that happens, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on a guy to keep performing like that. It's almost like a starting pitcher in baseball. If you keep making him go eight innings that deep playing that tough game, it's going to start to affect his performance. Um, So yeah, they need this. They need, can they do it? I don't know, but do they need to, to um, maintain Russell Wilson's numbers as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, because it's putting him in a really tough spot, and you don't want to do that with your best player ever. Uh, yeah, you have Jamal Adams on defense, who got hurt yesterday, so hopefully that's not long-term. I didn't see anything after. But Jamal Adams is the quarterback of the defense. They're... Like, if Jamal Adams is playing well, he, he could be their best pass rusher, realistically, because they don't have a guy yet that is the pass rusher. So, I don't know. I think Russ's defense is not great. They don't have a pass rusher yet. But you have Pete Carroll, you know, game planning and his schematics have always been over the top. So, you just, you know, with Russ, you know what you're getting. 
And like you said, I mean, it is a little bit like Aaron Rodgers with the defense, how far it can take him. But uh, I think Russ is on a different level this year. I think he's had to prove that he's the best quarterback of all time, which is a lot more Super Bowls to win to do that. But I think he's on a mission. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the Seahawks get on the line. But I also think yesterday from the game that a star was born in Sed Wilson. I saw Cedric Wilson play. He's huge. He's a huge body. He's fast. He's quick. He looks like the next Cowboys star receiver when they already have Gallup, Lamb, and Amari Cooper. But I think you got to get that guy in the field. Yeah, and you're you're getting to a point where there's just so many mouths to feed um, that that almost none of them are going to get fed at all. But you're right. I mean, he had a great game. Uh, I mean, for the Cowboys, is obviously a disappointing one. Fortunately for them. Uh, at one and two, they're still tied for first in the NFC East. But the same issues that they had last season and that everyone assumed would be fixed with Mike McCarthy um, isn't working out. You know, these late game decisions um, and simply not being able to get a stop. I think the, the Cowboys and Seahawks defense are built the same way where you look at it. They've got playmakers, but as a unit, this isn't a very good defensive group at all. Um, and I think what uh, the Seahawks are asking Russ to do is the same thing the Cowboys are asking Dak to do, but Dak's not on that level, right? Like he'll throw for a bunch of yards, but he's not going to put you on your back uh, at the last second when you need to go down and, and, and get a score. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm surprised the game was as close as it was. When you look at that DK Metcalf, um, you know, who was it? Uh, oh, Trayvon Diggs Trayvon punching Diggs, the yep. football out, a touchback. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a huge swing right there. Um, as far as game momentum, but yeah, I think, I think the Cowboys, they're just lacking that extra uh, defensive push that I feel like people thought they were going to have. They lost a lot of key guys, Robert Quinn, Byron Jones, Malik Collins last year um, that were key pieces to that defense. And it's, it's hard to, to get them back to that next level. But um, I mean, is there one thing that you guys have seen from the Cowboys that that's maybe uh, leading to this, slow start I think they just have been on the unlucky side it's they're three games in they've lost two sometimes you're just on the good side and sometimes you're just on the bad side I'm not saying it's luck by any means but I mean to beat the Falcons obviously they needed some luck last week the Rams was a great all their games have been competitive it's just that at the end they haven't made the plays they need to they need to make the win so I think eventually that turns around right like you can't be on the losing side of every close game if you're a Clemson basketball fan, you can't you understand that. But as a Cowboys fan, I really think that they've just been on the bad side of a couple of losses, you know, and I think going forward, I think they'll find it. I think they'll find their group. But injuries on defense have been – I mean, they lost Gerald McCoy, you know, their big free agent signing before the year even started. So, injury, injury bug struck them. Uh, you know, I guess they have a couple of offensive linemen down right now. And at a time – I know it's been a couple of years, but the Cowboys were looked at like the most prominent offensive line in the NFL. I mean, when they had to go, you know, Tony Romo was back there. Like, people were like, no, it doesn't matter who's back there, right? Like, Tony, he's good. We got five guys, studs. Because people forget the Leo Collins situation. I mean, not talked about enough. He was supposed to be a top ten pick, and he was accused of murder two days before the draft. And he goes undrafted. That's a top ten pick you get as an undrafted free agent. So, who – no, no claim. The murder, murder claims were completely false. I mean, he was not a part of it. He actually lost his girlfriend in this whole situation. So, you know, it, just a crazy situation that he fell to them, and now he's a stud. So, 
Yeah. And, and speaking of, of, you know, just the ball not bouncing your way and being unlucky, Falcons blew another double-digit lead in the second half. Absolutely crazy. Like, I, it's at the point where I'm just waiting um, on my phone uh, that I'm going to get a notification that Dan Quinn's fired um, because it's like it, it could happen any second. You know, Monday morning, this is a time when it happens. He was already on the hot seat last year. Uh, but, I mean, this is just too much to overcome. You Like, their, their offenses look decent um, all the way up until – the fourth quarter and then they can't seem to consistently move the ball and get first downs and actually drain any clock. The bears came back even after Allen Robinson, the touchdown was literally ripped out of his hands by the defender. And then after that, Anthony Miller drops a touchdown on fourth down and goal. Um, so two potential touchdown plays that don't go their way. They still get enough time to score three. Uh, I mean, I, I have no, I don't even know really what to say about the Falcons. This is, one of the, the the worst ways to lose. Yeah, I just I, it's Dan Quinn's got to go. I mean, I don't even want to say it's all on his shoulders. It's just you know you have twenty two guys on the field at all times. Like it's some some of them have to be put to blame on. But Dan Quinn's probably got to go. I mean, you got to change the face of the organization. This is for the last like three or four years, the Falcons have been the team that blows the lead. This season has just pushed that narrative all the way to the forefront. And uh, yeah, you got to get rid of Dan Quinn. Him and Adam Gase, they got to go. Well, and, and from a marketing standpoint, too, like it's the worst narrative to have to be the team that implodes. And it's it's like such a low blow, cheap shot. It's it's kind of um, low hanging fruit on social media right now to just go after the Falcons uh, uh, for blowing leads, but it's hard not to. So just from that perspective, that's also a, a very terrible spot to be as an organization. They're, they're a Southeastern team where there are a lot of. Um, fans that are kind of up in the air on who they pledge their allegiance to. So when you're the team that that's known for blowing leads and that goes back four years, it, it sticks. Yeah. And I, the, the interesting development from this uh, game was, was Matt Nagy's decision to put Nick Foles in the game. Obviously it worked out. He gave the offense a spark. Um, and even just watching the, the flow of the offense, it felt like the ball was getting pushed down the field a lot more guys were more engaged. I mean, A-Rob had a huge game. Uh, finally got involved, um, which was 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 good for him. But I mean, they can't go back to Mitch Trubisky now, can they? Like the the, the moments pass. It's Nick Foles' team, right? Has to be. I mean, it's Nick Foles. Like you said, Nick Foles threw a touchdown to Allen Robinson that got taken away. He threw a perfect pass to Anthony Miller in the end zone, who dropped it. I mean, he looked great. He looked phenomenal. He's everything the Bears needed. Mitch Trubisky tries to do a little bit too much with his feet. And he's not accurate when he gets outside of the box. So, yeah, I think you got to just stick with Nick Foles. And you're also paying Nick Foles an crazy amount of money. Mm -hmm. Part yeah. of me thinks that had to be the plan all along. Like, not the plan all along, but they had it. This could very well happen, um, that that old big uh, nine-inch Nick takes over. Um, so, yeah, with that also, just a quick statement on Nick Foles. How many times does a guy have to prove that he should be the starting quarterback in his career for, to how many different teams? That It's got to be the most, like, starting to back up, like, swaps there have ever been, right? He's gone – how many seasons has he started games and then gone back to being a backup the next season? Oh, God. I mean, the Rams. That's his career. Eagles, Jags, the, the, probably the Bears eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I think this is, 
I mean, obviously, like Philadelphia was a great spot for him, but this is the Bears is one of the best positions. I think he could be a starting quarterback in. Um, the Jaguars were just not simply built like they they weren't ready for a guy like Nick Foles. I don't think in terms of in terms of where their team was at, and obviously like Gardner Minshew's doing great stuff, but they're in a full blown rebuild. Every meaningful player from their team is is pretty much packing up and gone. Um, but I think this is a good spot. Great defense, uh, weapons on offense. Uh, so I, I like I like Nick Foles in this offense, and I think like he's got some some serious potential to really make a difference in the next few weeks. Because I mean, Patty talks about it all the time to pretty much anybody who will listen, like the talent on the bears team is good enough to be 10 and six. Uh, so, so now they've got a quarterback that can maximize that talent um, and, and go from there. But okay, guys, I want to take a little bit of a transition here. Um, I, I alluded this to you. I didn't actually say what was going on, um, but simply put, I'm getting bullied on TikTok. So I started this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I, I started an account um, for the podcast, you know, to promote a little bit. Um, and one of the best ways to get involved in it is make um, like fancy football talk, you know, so you do like a little stardom, sit em, like all this stuff. Um, and, you know, not everybody's going to agree um, with my takes. Uh, and some people just didn't agree whatsoever. So a couple, a couple of things I said to uh, sit Allen Robinson, that didn't work out at all. I said to sit Tyler Boyd. Uh, which also didn't work out either. Both of those guys had 10 catches, 100-plus yards. Um, and I just go through the comments, and it's like, man, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> like the, the, you know, glad I didn't listen to you. I, I love when people after the fact are like, yeah, this didn't turn out well whatsoever. I was like, look, easy for you to say. But all in all, what people don't realize is that every time you comment, it just – adds to the algorithm it puts me on more people's for you pages so i have twelve thousand views on that one post just because people are like ah, i can't believe you would say that but i was like all right look this is probably the only time i'm genuinely okay with being bullied uh because it leads to more views on tiktok and i don't know if that i don't know what that says about me um well, but so are, are you things. condoning are you condoning bullying no it no no like that i no I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying that I'm, I'm man enough to take criticism if that's it means fair. I yeah. get more views. Well, that's, I'll say, I mean, if you want to be in the big leagues, you have to be able to take it. I mean, look at Matthew Barry's replies. Look at any fantasy football host replies ever after they said, Matthew Barry said that Joshua Kelly, my guy, was the best, the best flex plays of the week this past week, and he got like six carries. So I was kind of hoping that. I'm I'm not on TikTok yet. I see TikToks everywhere, so that's a testament to how awesome it must like the brand is that it's it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, and I don't even have a TikTok, and I see twenty a day, but I haven't seen the comment section. So I was kind of hoping it was like this utopian society that was a little different from like Facebook and Instagram, where it's just cesspools of of negativity. But um, it sounds like it's it's a part of the algorithm there as well. So it's very much, you know, hey, if you're talking about me, I don't care as long as you're saying something. Uh, so what would you say is the – has anyone gone for, like, the personal attack? Has anyone left fantasy advice and gone for a straight personal attack at you yet on TikTok? Uh, I, I don't think so. I Maybe <laughs> I, 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 they might have, but, um, 
Like it's I haven't seen it at least. But I'll, I'll just that... read. I'll just read you a couple a couple of these. But it's always interesting to see how it goes because mixed in with like three to four like you don't know fancy football comments. There's like a guy asking for advice. He's like, ah, like do I trade Cooper Cup for Michael Gallup or you know like just there's there's just those like you random respond ones. to those. Uh, a couple of them, yeah, I I, I do. Um, just because it's fun, it's like oh, this is nice. Um, <laughs> like yeah, I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to find some good ones to read. Um, let's see, I'm trying to go through the the. Yeah, well, and then that's the thing is is nobody nobody was talking about how I posted a TikTok with like my five best bets of the week, and I went four and one. I had the the um. Colts minus 11 and a half, 49ers minus three and a half, uh, Bears plus three and a half, and then I think the Bengals plus six. Nobody was talking about it though. I'm eight and two in bets on TikTok. So if you want to make money, follow me on TikTok uh, at Not Gonna Lie Pod. Uh, and I'll I need to get, I'll yeah, get you tic- in the positive. Big bets, TikTok bets, baby. I love it. I got I to corner that market at some point, somehow. Man, I can't well, find it. Yeah, them now. Twitter gambling, Twitter handicapping's overpopulated right now. There's too many people trying to to flip me picks. Um, so I'm all for for shifting to TikTok for handicappers. Yeah, TikTok's the new wave uh, for for sports betting. For you heard it here first. I don't know. They're 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 mean comments. You can trust me. You can look them and read through. I just can't find them right now. So maybe I just just missed them. Uh, but Graham okay. Farrell twelve says your picks suck. Oh, Graham! That guy sounds like a loser. That that loser called for that. That was that's a low blow. Uh, But yeah, so okay. So before we let you go, before we let you guys go, we're gonna tackle Monday Night Football. So we like to do this thing where we just project what Tuesday's headline is gonna be. So I want I want you guys uh, and uh, Graham, you can go first. I want you guys to tell me the storylines. Uh, that's going to happen. So we're, I'm going to wake up, read the newspaper, uh, and the, the key highlights of the game. What's going to happen? Final score, who wins? Uh, Chiefs by 10. I think the, the Ravens keep it close in the first half. I just think Patrick Mahomes is too much. They have too much firepower. Their defense isn't great, but I think they game planned enough last year to stop Lamar when they played. So I don't know. I'm going Chiefs by 10. I think Patrick Mahomes has another big game. Probably puts himself right back in MVP MVP contention because he hasn't really been talked about in that light yet, even though he had an unbelievable comeback against the Chargers last week. I think the headline is, you know, Mahomes does it again. Liam, what about you? What do you got? Yeah, I um I think it'll be a close I, I think it'll be a closer game, to be honest, but I don't know what the total's at. I think it could be a shootout as well. Uh so I like I like Chiefs still, but by three and then I like them to hit the over at whatever total it is because I think it'll be a shootout and uh I think that the headline will be something along the lines that we've heard it before but something along the lines of of uh reinforcing the fact that Lamar and Patrick Holmes are the future because it's just going to be an awesome game hopefully the best game we've seen this season I'd put money on it if I had to that this is the best matchup we're coming to um I mentioned to you earlier I'm an AFC purist if that's a thing so I'd put up Mahomes and uh, Lamar against any other quarterback tandem, um, including Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, who we've been praising a lot. I think they're just as good, and um, this will be their primetime game to show that. Yeah, and and I think 
I think uh, Lamar Jackson has looked like really good um, initially in these first few games, but kind of what I'm looking for is especially against these playoff opponents. I would love to see him have to do a, a two minute drive down the field um, and go to win it. That's kind of where I like you start to build confidence in the quarterbacks and their ability to like, to, to, to get the job done when it counts, especially against the chiefs defense. That's really good. Uh, one of the better defenses in the NFL. Um, but as far as storylines go, I think both quarterbacks have a big game. Um, but ultimately, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball last, and he drives down the field. And, and I, I'm with you, Liam. I think it's going to be one of those instant classic games um, where, where Mahomes drives him down the field, and they score with like 20 seconds left. Um, but I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. Uh, if nothing else, I think we had some great Sunday games. But I think this Monday game, like you said, Liam, could, could really top them all. Uh, I think that's all the time we got here. Thanks so much, guys, for coming on. Really appreciate you guys stopping by to talk some football with me. Yeah, thanks for having us on, JT. I always enjoy coming on your podcast. I love listening to it. So anytime you need a fill-in, I'm always here to do the fill-in. Agreed. I, I second that sentiment. Thank you for having us on, JT.